From Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal, and this is a Vine Pair Podcast Conversation. We're bringing you these conversations between our regular podcast episodes in order to give you a better picture of how the COVID-19 crisis is impacting all parts of the alcohol business, as well as to help provide a bit of hope and a path forward for all of us. Today, I'm talking with Corey Rellis, the CEO and co-founder of Drizzly. Corey, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Zach. It's good to be here. Yeah. So let's start with a, a really brief overview. What exactly is Drizzly and, and how do you guys work with um, sort of local businesses? Because I think you guys have kind of an interesting model that maybe people who aren't familiar with the platform uh, may not be aware of. Sure. Absolutely. So Drizzly is a technology platform, first and foremost. And really what we do is partner with local retailers, beverage alcohol retailers, to bring them online and then allow consumers to shop across those retailers, whether it be on uh, our website or our app. And from the consumer side, what you're able to do then is to say, um, from the comfort of your couch, I want to be able to shop the largest selection that I couldn't get in any one liquor store, compare prices across that selection, all with the convenience of delivery from the retailer itself at the end of the day. So again, just a technology platform connecting consumers to retailers. Cool. Um, And obviously, in this time where most people in in the U.S. are... Uh, if not, you know, sheltering in place or at least spending a lot more time at home, you know, in many parts of the country, bars and restaurants are closed um, or are only able to offer to-go options. What what kind of increase have you seen in terms of usage and demand? Um, and then, um, well, let's start with that question, I suppose. Yeah. And just to provide a little context on, on the overall shift, I mean, in general, in the U.S., you see alcohol about 50-50 between on-premise and off-premise on a dollars basis. Um, what we're seeing now is that obviously needs to significantly shift to the off-premise side as, side as bars and restaurants close. And within that, e-commerce and delivery being the primary method to, to find consumers where they are right now as they work from home and shelter in place. When that comes to Drizzly's numbers and given our business model, um, in the last week, we've actually seen 500% increases in our growth rate. Uh, and so just a, a massive demand shock relative to what we had been growing, which was a very healthy rate. But now the use case has changed, and, this, and the need and the problem that we're solving has changed, and Drizzly's growing significantly as a result. And is that is that increase largely new uh, new people signing up for the platform, or is it are you also seeing existing users just upping the amount they're ordering? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's changed. So about two weeks ago, when you started to see the psyche change of that consumer, and multiple cities started to talk a little bit more about work from home policies and shelter in place, but it wasn't national uh, in its scope yet. A lot of returning customers started to come to Drizzly, place orders, stock up at a you know, 30, 40% increase in their basket size relative to previous times they had ordered. This past week, it's been a real shift. And to go back to the size of alcohol online, you know, it's about 2% today. I think that's going to shift significantly in the future months to look more like food, more like grocery, where you're 5 6% online. And with that, we've now seen new buyers as their awareness has grown of Drizzly, of the legality of purchasing online alcohol. We've seen new buyers grow uh, over a thousand percent versus this time last year on our platform in the last eight, nine days. Wow. And have you noticed any shift in what people are buying? Is it, is it, is it the same kind of mix of products or is it a, has it changed? Uh, it's largely accelerated what we've already seen. And so we've seen red wine taking a little bit more share uh, at the expense of beer, for the most part, baskets have gotten bigger. Uh, there had been a, a shift towards premiumization over time. I think that's come back a little bit because, again, the use case here is not necessarily celebratory. It's more along with groceries and staples. I would like alcohol over a certain amount of time. So those are the the three main 
kind of trends that we've seen in the past 10, 12 days. Gotcha. So obviously, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, that kind of growth for any business is exciting. I mean, even if the circumstances are obviously the opposite of exciting, but but on the other hand, obviously, it has to also bring some technical uh, and, and other kinds of challenges. You know, what are some of the things that you guys are dealing with on your platform side that are that are just the added co- challenges of having a, a massive growth in terms of uh, users and and orders? Yeah, it's, it's impossible to prepare for this kind of demand shock. And at the same time, I think there's two pieces of it. From the technology standpoint, we are more scalable than the physical world. And so while it's taken us a little while to get our uh, ducks in a row, I think we're, we're well set up to scale as a platform, our own folks internally, and making sure that we can serve the demand from the technology side of things. On the other side, we're trying to match technology with the physical world, because ultimately we're connecting physical world consumers to physical retailers. And with that comes a whole host of complications. The first one worth mentioning is safety. Uh, It's a new world. And so we've done both technical challenges and uh, just implementation with our retailers, contactless deliveries. So obviously you still need to give alcohol to a particular person. It's not like dropping groceries off the front door, but you can do that in a way that respects the safety of both the delivery driver and the consumer, inclusive of not necessarily having to sign on a phone at that time of delivery. So there's a bunch of those things that are going on. Uh, The second one is supply chain. It's a time of unbelievable disruption and you're hearing it with grocers trying to stay stocked on the shelves as consumers uh, buy more than they normally would for one week's worth. Same thing with alcohol. And I think the supply chain is doing relatively well, but you are starting to see some dislocation depending on what products and what areas and how consumers respond to theirs. I think those are the challenges of blending technology and then the physical world constraints. Gotcha. And as far as the sort of user interface and functionality that you guys are offering, you know, with, um, I guess what I would say is, you know, sort of in this period where, where you got a lot, a lot of additional people coming to the platform and, and even returning users who are maybe making more purchases or larger purchases. Is there, is there anything as far as the, you know, maybe not the back end that, that we don't see, but the front end that you guys are looking at to, to, um, I don't know if, I don't know that the platform needs to change exactly. That's not what I'm trying to imply. I guess I just mean, you know, are you looking at, okay, what can we do to make this a little more intuitive? Because, you know, one of the things that I've heard from a couple of people I know who are, um, especially like people kind of a little bit older, who are just not used to doing a lot of online ordering, but for a variety of reasons are kind of, you know, they want to, they, they feel either obligated to or, or have to, or or just want to move some more of their purchasing um, online. You know, how are you looking at maybe a, a, that that um, sort of interface as something that that is changing? Yeah, there's a whole lot going on there. And I think the first thing is just from a performance standpoint, I mean, the internet you even saw some articles recently around streaming services that have taken down performance of significant pieces of bandwidth in the internet. Um, on a much smaller scale, that's what's happening interestingly, right? So we weren't necessarily prepared for volume to go up to the extent that it did. But the second piece of that is really around communication. Because as we can scale on the tech side, our retailers, our partners are trying to scale on the other side. And so as much as we can, we're known as an on-demand platform. So we like deliveries to get there quickly within an hour at the latest. We're starting to message a more realistic time frame in what is an unprecedented uh, scenario here. And so when you come on Chisley today, you're going to see more messaging around uh, within two hours and giving a little bit more communication between retailer and consumer to set those expectations as more and more people are utilizing those independent liquor stores. So it's all done with the best of intentions from the consumers and trying to support local businesses or to potentially it's the only way to shop. And at the same time, I think the the service level agreement, for lack of a better term, that we're trying to, the contract we're making with our customers does need to adapt to a, you know, a very different reality today. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, let's let's switch gears slightly and, and end on a on a topic that's maybe um, a little more uh, open ended, I guess. Which is um, so obviously you like probably the rest of us are finding yourself at home more than than normal. And Corey, what have, what have you been drinking at home? Uh, you and you don't even have to tell us whether it was delivered to you by Drizzly or not. We won't we won't tell. Uh, it definitely was, and then I then drove with it just to make sure I purchased from Drizzly at the time. Uh, it's been fascinating. I, I think Drizzly, uh, and we've been talking about the word humility internally quite a bit. We have the benefit of working very hard right now, which I think almost allows you to take your mind off of what's going on in the real world. And there's almost a benefit to us to some extent. So we're working 16, 18 hour days. And at the end of that, um, I'm, I'm going to something a little bit stronger than I normally would. I've been drinking some bourbons and some scotches, uh, getting back into that. Um, I, I won't mention any brand names at the time because we're partners with many, but I think just Usually drinking wine, all of a sudden I switched to brown spirits to uh, to get through this shelter in place to some extent. And is that uh, something that you're just drinking neat or are you making cocktails? I've done doing a little of both. I think to keep yourself occupied sometimes you need to try a few things. I would say that I am uh, quite terrible at making the cocktails this far and end up <laughs> having stuff over rice, but uh, at least the attempt is there. Awesome. Well, Corey, thank you so much for your time. I uh, really appreciate you providing a little bit of insight into how uh, this whole uh, COVID-19 crisis is affecting Drizzly. And, and you know, it's it's nice, even if, uh, again, the circumstances are a little, are certainly unfortunate generally, it's nice to hear that uh, for someone, you know, things are, are going well and you're staying busy. Because I think for a lot of us, one of the, you know, one of the hard things is just kind of uh, dealing with uh, a, a lack of, of work. So I'm glad to know you guys are working 16 or 18 hour days. I will feel better about my, uh, my diminished work uh, time. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for having me, and, and we keep we're going to keep working hard to support the local businesses and support consumers that are looking to get alcohol. And uh, thank you for having me, Zach. Stay safe and healthy. You too.